It's the AA Show. It's Almighty Irishum Show for January 19th, 2022. How's it going? How goes it, everybody? Oh, man. Please, everybody, e-cycle accordingly for your old electronics, old phones, whatever, all that shit at your local Best Buy or Staples or Office Depot or something. Don't just throw it out in the trash. You know, we got we got a lot of rare earth metals that we got to get <laughs> when we get to the EVs. But anyways, I've been doing a lot of cleaning, unpacking, sorting. That reminded me to put the PSA out there. <clears throat> But uh, aside from that, I got into a bit of a wormhole of getting into the MCU through the Disney Plus over the past weekend. Uh, so I think I talked enough about the goddamn football. <laughs> so <laughs> I I finally saw the Eternals. And then uh, I didn't talk about the No Way Home for Spider-Man and then MCU to Phase 4. But what I really wanted to get to was, hey, like the thoughts on it, where it's going, how's it been going? Because, to be completely honest with you, at first when I saw the Eternals and then the, what the hell was it, the Spider-Man No Way Home, as much as I enjoyed, I never really put it over two thumbs up as like the greatest thing ever, the Spider-Man walking backwards a little bit here. Because I thought the cameos and the introduction, reintroduction of, you know, Tobey Maguire's and then the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans were great. I really felt that with the overall arc of where we're going with respect to the multiverse and all that, it got me concerned because I got worried. Because a constant problem I seem to be feeling and running into, you know, as caught up and up to date on all the Disney Plus series and the movie so far in the Phase 4 part of this MCU has been, you know, being along the journey... I'm really confused as to where they're going, and then it it's getting to a point where I'm getting lost, which to a point got me ticked off a lot about the Eternals in the beginning, and then after watching the movie, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, where I felt that it was a awful lot of virtue signaling, and where diversity and inclusion was getting lost in the where the plot and then the arc was going with respect to the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. But then I thought about it more macro views of things, you know, not just looking at the micro view of the Eternals and the immediate peripheral characters being entered into it. I started kind of understanding why the Eternals were made the way it was made. So to back up a little bit, the Phase 4 is officially kicked off through the Black Widow movie, which I talked about in the summer movie review last year. I didn't overly, you know, it was, I didn't, I, I guess it was still the best summer movie out of all of them. I give it the credit there. But, you know, I never really talked about the rest of the Disney Plus series, whether it's, you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, what the hell was it? Hawkeye the Loki, or the WandaVision, and, you know, what was it, Chang-Chi, I talked about in one of the episodes where I said I loved that. <laughs> and then we got to the Spider-Man No Way Home and then the Eternals. Now, looking at it holistically where it's going, I, you know, and then I think where we're going, what is a big bad villain? And then people initially said, as like the king, the conqueror, he Who Remains, who was introduced in the Loki series, was going to be the main villain. 
Um, but more and more, you know, looking at it, and especially how the Eternal set this up, and then how the No Spider-Man No Way Home, and the teaser of the Doctor Strange two, and where the Thor and all that is going, I really think the great villain in this that we're going after is not the Kang, you know, manipulating the time and then the multiverses or something. It's more of the darkness. That's where I'm kind of getting the feeling of, because. You know, if you look at the if you look at the overall, hey, phase one, two, three, the whole Infinity Saga, you had a one big baddie, which is Thanos. And then this guy just wiped the uh, universe just for his sheer own good, you know, for whatever his belief that it was. Uh, universe is overpopulated and we have limited resources. Great. But then again, when you watch the Eternals, I just go like, as much as the movie doesn't seem to belong at MCU at all, which is the biggest criticism, and then the pacing of the movie was very annoying, blah, blah, blah. If I look at it holistically, you know, Eternals are supposed to be, you know, be serving the Celestials who are really, if I follow, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where the ego, the living planet, said, uh, small g of the god part of it. And, you know, they keep emphasizing the origin of the Celestials that they're keep creating, expanding, and keeping the light in the universe against the darkness. Because, you know, after the Big Bang, blah, 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 you know, Celestials keep us, save us all. And then the Eternals, spoilers, if you haven't seen it already, you know, we need to, you know, bear another Eternal, uh, the, the, the Celestial, which the Earth was selected, and then the, when Thanos brought everyone back, you know, undo, control Z, whatever the fuck he did, and then uh, Avengers reversed it, oh shit, the population level, all that energy level is back to where the Celestial could be born, but then the Eternals went in there and stopped it. Now, there are a lot of post credit scenes there also where Thanos' brother Arrow who is played by Harry Styles. I just go, what the fuck? <laughs> and the mid credit scene shows up. And then a post credit scene, you know, Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, is gonna playing the Dane Whitman character, who, if you know, is going to be the Black Knight. And everyone go, what the fuck? Where is this going? And then the who did the voiceover to the Ebony Blade, which is the Black Blade, uh, which uh, allegedly carries the dark, you know, force energy within the MCU, uh, is voiced by Blade, you know, and we have a Blade movie coming now. So that's a dark, and then we also had a teaser in the No Way Home where you know Symbiote came from another fucking Spider-Man universe, which is a Venom, right? So and then blah blah blah. But how does this make sense for the rest of the series? Uh, yeah, and then they talked about darkness a little bit, the dark magic through Wanda being the witch. And then, you know, Doctor Strange 2 teasing the dark magic practiced version of Doctor Strange showing up. And to be also the Shang-Chi, if you watch the movie again, you know, whatever that fantastical shit, the ancient China looking thing they went through, but not really China. Uh, they said the Ten Rings is really from another universe or something, not within this. So I'm assuming it's a multiverse material or weapon so what i'm guessing is that all these weapons including shang chi is gonna it's gonna play a role where hey these weapons are created to fight the darkness and thor love and thunder has the null the fucking god killer 
who carries a dark weapon, kind of like the Ebony Knight or the Symbiote shit, right? So I'm just going like, I think a lot of these are threads are leading up to the big baddie is really the darkness. And people talked about Mephesto for a while, you know, who badly influenced Scarlet Witch, you know, or something like that. But I just go like, then we got too many villains in the line, super baddies. We didn't even get to the Kang the Conqueror who's going to show up in the Ant-Man and then the Quantumania. And then we also got the Null and then the rest of the Dark Angels, basically. Kind of like Malekith from fucking Thor the Dark World. You know, and all that shit. And Celestials, you're teasing them. Are they the good people? good things in this universe or the bad things in this universe. So there are a lot of a factor here, which made Eternals, if you look at it holistically with respect to the Phase 4, very interesting. If you just watch the movie as is, like I initially did, I got mad the first two hours. I, I kind of like, I'll be honest, I kind of fast-scrolled a lot. Chloe Zhao, who directed the Nomad Life or Nomad Land or something, you know, the Academy Award-winning movie. She's a very scenic, you know, director who's really good at, you know, telling the story through expanded, like, universe or surrounding environment, whether it's a wilderness or living a nomad life in Montana or some shit. And then there are a lot of those uh, components that were implemented in this, in the Eternals, where they're showing vast, you know, centuries and millennia of fucking human lives and then how the Eternals are going through Granted, some of the storytelling was very frustrating as to, like, none of these are, like, developed, you know, fully kinked out. You know, especially if you're just going to spend two hours and 40 minutes telling this movie. So if you want to just watch it for sake of entertainment, just watch the last 35 minutes and then the mid and then post credit scene. But if you look at it holistically, it kind of makes you ask, Eternals doesn't look like an MCU movie. But then if I look at it holistically, hey, Eternals are above humans, you know, you know, playing with these supposed near-God level people of the MCU. So it makes you look at things more in an existential threat of it, existential size of universe and the multiverses and everything. And then it makes you think, what the hell was Thanos doing? Because Eternals just proved that Thanos was right, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you know. And then the Thanos, if you follow the you know, the fucking canon in the comic book is that, hey, he's also a deviant and a celestial, you know, or the eternal, half and half. And the concept of the deviant looks so fucking stupid in this movie. <laughs> and then the celestials look like dumb engineers. You created, so basically, you created the deviants, you know, to have the, you know, to have the intelligent forms of life on a planet to breed, you know, to bear the next celestial, but the deviants got out of hand because they're too brute and became the predators themselves, keep eating the intelligence beings. Therefore, they said, fuck it, I'm going to create the Eternals to control the deviants. But then the Eternals turned and uh, gained more consciousness and conscience and then fucking turned on them too. And then they were fighting by the end of the movie, you know, the deviants and the Eternals. And I'm going like, if you're going to be against the Celestial's means of doing things, I know you don't want to get have the smarter deviants sucking up the eternal energy, you know. But I just go like, what was the point of it? I mean, it, 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 got, it got awfully convoluted. And then they became really afterthought. Third, fourth layer afterthought. 
And then, uh, you know, I look at the whole thing. It's like, hey, where do they fit in, you know, with the rest of the phase four, the big baddie is. It got awfully convoluted. Then I started thinking about Shang-Chi, and then I go, maybe Ten Rings have to do with the celestial given weapons or something. But then I look at the WandaVision, and then rest of the small characters, and then some of the new things that are coming up, like She-Hulk or the Secret Invasion. The, the, like, I, I just, Young Avengers, I just go, where do they fit in? Because they seem so in-fucking-significant relative to the Eternals. And Eternal is just like, show that we're at this level and then there's a fantastic four coming also the mcu version of it which means there's going to be a silver surfer you know because without a silver surfer how does it how does any of these celestial interaction make sense and then they gotta like go back and you know link up everything ego is a type of a celestial you know and then it was breeding the different planets you know like this celestial you know, Aramis, Aramis was doing, but the, he's a judge guy. Ego is a living planet. And then, you know, etc. And nowhere showing up in the Guardians of the Galaxy with his chopped head off. And it's like, who killed that? They're guessing, well, that's the fucking darkness that killed it. And I go like, and then if you think all this and through that, you know, the fucking gla- like galaxy scape you know scope of it it was like oh my god this is exciting but when you come back to earth a little bit and look at disney plus look at hawkeye black widow rest of them and then i forgot about the fucking the 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 john walker the captain not america you know and then the rest of it i just go how did they make sense how did they fit into all this where matt murdoch showed up on the fucking spider-man in no way home you know but i just go like where does he fit in he was a nice cameo it's nice to have inclusive thing, you know, like the deaf character like Echo coming from Hawkeye to have a dedicated series. But what the fuck is she going to do <laughs> with a galactic threat? <laughs> and then that's where I kind of got into a, like a dilemma of it. I was like, how are you going to fit him in? I feel like you're just adding a lot, a lot of these like minorly insignificant characters that don't matter in the end. How does a Black Knight and Blade matter? Are they going to power up with Shang-Chi's Ten Rings with an ebony knight, you know, you know, you know, ebony blade, and then, like, that's going to fight the dark? I think Thor is going to die. And then that's how Jane Foster is going to be the next fucking Thor. I think think Chris Hemsworth is going to die. More and more I look at it, and then more and more how the darkness is that ever creep, you know, the threat that the Celestials want to prevent. And you got all the multiverse shit going on with Loki, and now the He Who Remains became a, you know, all, all that. If you follow this whole thing, and then you have a new Captain America, great. You know, but then I, if Falcon's a new Captain America, spoiler alert, but I go, how do they fit into rest of this? You know, Wakanda forever. All right, great. That's also coming. How does this fit into all of this? I just go like, a lot of these are footnote just to fill fucking time. And then the phase four is awfully convoluted and none of these make fucking sense <laughs> in some aspects. And that's where I, I, I feel really uncomfortable going through the rest of the phase four and go, how do you feel about this phase four going BK or five and six? I just go, I don't know. Because this is awfully convoluted. I feel like it's trying to serve many masters and people, whether it's the audience or the corporate interest. 
And I'm just getting bogged down into this bullshit. At least the phase one, two, three, you know, gaining the faith of the fans and then the loyalty to it. Great job. That really worked out the last 14 years or so. Now you're looking at the next 10 years to like go into the expand into the possibilities of the next set of heroes and the villains and the tweeners, you know. And then I just go like, it's great, but then I don't know what the end game is at the end of this. Like, if if what I suspect is right, which is the ever-dark magic and the darkness overall is the big enemy, say you defeat that in, like, whatever movies we get, then what's next? What's the next thing? You just maintain, whether it's on Earth, whether it's around the galaxy, you know, through the next Guardians, or you have the mutants show up through another universes, because you already tackled a lot of topics here with multiverses and the dark matter and time travel and then another variance it's just that like you're gonna lose audience fast because i the, the like I, I i start feeling that and then i just go i don't know how long lasting this is it can't this can't go down fast kevin feige and then him show running it great let's see how it goes you know, I trust his judgment. He respects the fans, unlike some forms of entertainment that we have, some companies we have. But I, I start asking all these questions. I just go, I don't know how it's going. So it's more wait and see. But now that I went through, you know, a handful number of the Phase 4 movies, plus the handful number of Disney Plus shows, which I kept up to date and watched in real time, I don't know if I need to dedicate that my time to it. I'm already exhausted. <laughs> Which leads me into going, do I really need a Disney Plus? Why do I need to watch She-Hulk? Why do I need to watch The Secret Invasions? Like, it, it just, it seems pointless. I'll just watch the big movies where the big things happen because that's the cosmic scale of threat and the feud that I would like to watch. I don't want to watch some mid-card, low-card bullshit. Which what the, which is what the rest of the rest of the Earthlings look like. Even Spider Man, if if it weren't for Doctor Strange, none of this would have matter, mattered. <laughs> so you clearly know who the big champs are here, and I think Scarlet Witch is gonna be the villain. Here's here are my predictions, you know, coming into the twenty twenty two. I think Scarlet Witch is the true villain of the of the Doctor Strange two, dabbling with the dark magic, and then. Doctor Strange is a strong being to confront it. I think Noel's gonna kill Thor, so you write that off, and then Jane Foster is gonna be the next Thor, or at least temporarily, because th- and then Blade movies coming up. Black Knight is coming. Jon Snow holding the Ebony Blade, great. And then the Eternals two will come, and then you got the Guardians coming. And I just go like, I think the ever-reaching subject, and we're getting to is a dark matter and then how you control it and then but i don't know how rest of the king and that shit fits in i would rather have multi like i think the eternals throwing in the celestial shit you know completely threw off hey we have a multi-dimensional you know multi-universe multiverse threat if they kept it in that thread and then just keep the story on earth and then some parts of the galaxy great but you introduced this concept of the godlike being and then the darkness and the light unless they kind of bring it back into the arc somewhere i don't know how i feel about it because i just go all right you can't just introduce all these villains or 
if you introduce all these, they're gonna be so ephemeral. Like the Malekith from the Dark World. And I'm like, dude, he got fucking squashed like nothing. <laughs> After the fucking uh, reality stone that showed up for like hour and a half, right? But anyways, I'm going to leave it there. It's a very risky storytelling. Um, Eternals, I felt like that's where like diversity and inclusion were preached. But at the same time, I just go like, I feel like... I felt like I got virtue signaled hard <laughs> and they killed a Korean dude. And I'm like, well, Shang-Chi better be the motherfucking big one that defeats everybody at this point. <laughs> That's what I said. AAPI representation, folks. Anyways, thanks for listening. I spent 20 minutes just going through my thoughts on it after w- watching all the fan theories and all that shit. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, have a great rest of the week and then uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.